Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Wizards podcast. Ben Standick here. Todd Dobb has joined me. This is technically take three of this uh, introduction. <laughs> Not our fault, for the record. I, 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 no fits and starts here, but there's been other interruptions. Uh, we will be talking here in just a moment about the big news in D.C. sports on this Tuesday night. And by the big news, like the... The big news in D.C. in general, there are just oh, a yeah, DC. lot of things happening in D.C. <laughs> this evening. All right, the big news in D.C. in general. Yeah, that is, what, I'll be curious to see what the 11 o'clock news very, it leads with tonight. A lot of topics, but of course, the obvious one should be the Wizards beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 102-96, uh, snapping OKC's eight-game winning streak, and more importantly for the locals, winning their second straight game without John Wall, who we learned today is going to be out probably somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight weeks. Uh, because he's going to have a knee procedure. It, it seems like that news came out forever. It feels like it was like eight days ago. So much has happened in between. In any event, we'll discuss that, and we'll discuss what happened in this game, how they contained Russell Westbrook, and so on. Did I already just say this? Because now this is the third take. I don't think I did. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. I wrote stuff about John Wall on NBC Washington and Fandor X Sports. Todd is on Twitter. I did say that, didn't I? Under, Todd underscore Divis? I don't know. I can't keep track. There's too much happening. Too much is happening, Todd, in, in the world of D.C. tonight. But we're going to focus on the basketball team because that's what we do. Big win for the Wizards, to say the least. Uh, I have a rule on this podcast that we, we do not say they've turned things around until we actually see it. And I don't think that's even going to be possible for two months to say that because without John Wall, it is a whole different dynamic. That said, this was a game in which they – did all the things they need to do. The ball movement was there again. They played strong defensively. They only shot 38% from the field. And, and Scott Brooks said it was their spirit that won this game. And I think he's 100% right uh, uh, about that. A very impressive win on both ends of the court for the Wizards. This was one of the th- several things from tonight. But one of the things that I thought was surprising and noticeable was just about everybody was standing up late in the game in the arena, and I, I can't recall the last time we've seen that. Certainly that has not happened with any great frequency this season. So it was a good brand of basketball. Scott Brooks said it was a spirited brand of basketball, brand of basketball with a ball moved often to the right person. Obviously OKC is a defensive nightmare, especially with Paul George in the mix. And if you have John Wall out of the mix, that means more for Bradley Beal, when and I thought Bradley Beal, maybe the best showing of the season for him in terms of handling when he was trapped when he had the ball um, and just navigating when he was blitzed off a of pick and roll and when it was kind of a half blitz and making the right decisions and keeping things simple and clean. Um, I thought he did an excellent job with that. What did he finish with? How many turnovers? Three? Three. He had, yeah. nine, he had nine assists. The, the Wizards right. had... Right, he played 41 minutes and 23 seconds. So. Yeah, no, you'll take you'll, you'll definitely <laughs> take take that as much as he was handling the ball. Yeah, a three-to-one assist to turnover ratio in 41 minutes against Oklahoma City with Paul George guarding him most of the time. Right. The, the Wizards had... They only had 12 turnovers total. They had 27 assists on 34 baskets. This is after they had 40 field goals on 49 assists at, at Atlanta. I'll right. let you do the math. On that, but clearly they are doing a great job of moving the ball around. I mean, to to, to get that many assists to field goals when you're only shooting 38% from the field right. is definitely impressive. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're in the in the attempts are notable again, right? Just like in Atlanta. 
I mean, look, 13, Beal, 13, 14, 12, 19, Sato shot only four times. Beal was basically getting between 18 and 19 field goal times almost every game, even in that stretch when where I was pointing out a few games back with, with Wall, like how Wall and Beal started taking a lot more attempts. It was right. Wall that went from 14 and a half to over 22. Beal was basically staying the same, even in a situation where you could easily say Beal should be shooting 25 times because John Wall's out, but he, he keeps it in check, and that's one of the great, good things about him. His demeanor is such that he's not looking. I mean, the whole thing about playing off the ball is that you're not like I have to have the ball at all times and force the action. He's good at that, and I think the team, like, the team, I think plays off of that on some level. Um, look again, you are a uh, noted uh, pickup basketball player. If you're playing with people who don't give you the ball, when you do get it, you're more apt to like oh, I need to do something with it, and I, I think that permeates even to this level. It's hard to be patient. Yeah. Hard and, to be patient, for and, sure. And so Bradley Beal did a good job uh, there. Just to stay on Beal for one second, I thought one like for me, uh, you know, always like love, love these uh, pet topics too that will annoy me over the course of time. And one of them is definitely going to be how Scott Brooks manages Bradley Beal's minutes. Uh, he was averaging 38 minutes a, a game this month before Wall's injury. So I'm like, okay, we'll see how this goes because if we look at the Wizards' guards right now, they only have four on the roster. Two of them are Jody Meeks and Tim Frazier. And, you know, for the most part, they, they kind of reverted back to form, uh, which is to say, they okay, but not, 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 not great, Bob, for those of you who watch Mad Men. So it's going to be, it, Brooks is going to want to just keep Beal out there and keep him out there. After the game, he was asked about managing Beal's minutes, and he flat out said, those of you who are freaking out about his minutes can just basically stick it. Like, he basically said... He can control how many minutes Beal practices, shoot arounds, all these other things, and that will allow him to, to play more in games. He said this is his pet theory, and I believe at OKC, that was one of the things people always noted. Westbrook and Durant were often leading the league in minutes. I'm not going to sit here and say that Scott Brooks is wrong, but I all I'm going to say is that, you know, it isn't to me, it isn't just the, the, the minutes uh, total over the week. It's even just in the game. Well, there's twofold. It's in the game. Are you really going to be as effective in the last five minutes of the game? He was fine tonight, but in general, you're going to be as effective playing that many minutes, especially he's having to do so much. It's going to say it's usage rate in those minutes as well. Yeah, it's it, not just the plane. You were out there for 28 minutes and stood in the corner while the marquee guy on the team dribbled the ball and got double teamed all night. Um, and then there's the cumulative minutes. In other words, when you get if the Wizards are able to hang on, which, you know, they're now 7-6 and six of that wall this season, by the way. Let's note that. But if they're able to hang on, maintain a good spot for the playoffs or whatever, what do you have left? And I know the playoffs, there's no back-to-backs, things like that. But nonetheless, so, okay, we'll just see what happens. I'm just going to put a put put a box, put a pin in that one, that topic. That topic will be repeated here many times, and we'll just see what happens. But what was your take when Brooks made that kind of adamant point, pretty adamant about saying, yeah, he's going to play big minutes, basically? My immediate thought was, what is going through your mind? <laughs> My second thought was, it was interesting to hear him just openly say, you know, I've basically had enough of these questions and, and politely explain. Um, you know, he didn't do it in a, in a demeaning way, but explain that I know you asked about the minutes, but I don't care. Those are not a lot of minutes to me, basically. It, everything's under control. So... 
See, you, you just heard that that door there. That was our friend Evan Schwatkin coming in. Evan is a regular interrupter here on the podcast, but we accept it because technically he has work to do. The other people who are interrupting us, they were just interlopers just getting in our way. Hi, Evan, how's it going? It's going well, Ben. How are you? You got any Georgetown thoughts while, while you're here? Trust the process. Is that what the, is that the, is that the, the phrase for Georgetown this year? That's my phrase for this. Okay, fair enough. We need one of those red on air. <laughs> Well, we're, we're going to have to Lights. figure out a new plan, I think, going forward, because things will be, uh, uh, that'll be needed for reasons to be explained some other time. All right. So, okay. So, so we just sort of got to Beal. Let, let's get to some other guys. Let's get to Sadoransky. On a game in which he goes 0 for 4 from the field, it's pretty rare you'd be praising this guy. But, Huge oh, influence on nothing but praise for this guy. I mean, his defense on Russell Westbrook, spectacular. Uh, go Earlier in the day, I mean, I've been here all day as, well, as, wait. I was no, you here. were not here all day. No. Yeah, because of the John Wall situation. Which this was... is my third trip into D.C. today, though, <laughs> coming here. So, um, But, like, earlier in the day, there were people like, oh, boy, Sadoransky against Russell Westbrook. Look out. And I'm yep. like, what's he going to do, give up 47 points? I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, Russell right. Westbrook got 46 on them last week. So how much worse could it be? And, obviously, look, one difference last week was John Wall. That was his last game. He clearly wasn't moving. Scott Brooks said as much. He could tell everybody who recognized everything. Could tell. The uh, so we see Sadoransky go up against him, and we've seen all year. It's subtle, but it's, but Sadoransky's done a pretty good job staying in front of quicker guards. The, there's nobody you know faster in the league, arguably, than this guy, and he's so physical. Sadoransky did a really good job of staying in front of him. Westbrook finished five of eighteen from the field for thirteen points. The team helped. Clearly, you need a village to stop this guy. But nonetheless, I mean, Sadoransky, including late in games, had had a. He had a big block on him. He he did it at one point. I think it was like a tie. I think it was a tie game. Westbrook had the ball on the wing, tried to drive, got shut off by Sadoransky, who then passed it off to Carmelo, who missed. The Wizards yeah. uh, got the ball and kind of took. They either, it was either tied or they were winning by two. But they, they were kind up of, two in that on that possession. Uh, that was got the fouled. possession out of the timeout. Yeah. Anyway, so Sadoransky, a very impressive game. We've talked so much about his passing and his vision, but his defense uh, did, was was really good tonight. Yeah, length, athleticism, and Maybe on most important scrappiness and and not being deterred. Um, I was talking to him after the game, and he said Westbrook never talks trash to you. He doesn't say anything, but what he does, he kind of does it with his body, right? After a play, if you're near him or tangled up, he'll shove you off. He'll bump you off relentlessly throughout the night. He'll drive at you. He'll scream at the crowd. He'll do all those things that he does um, with his ferocious general demeanor and you got to hang in there while that's happening because even when he's not making shots obviously he's not he's not going to be deterred or become timid he's going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming so I thought Sadoransky did a great job of that but also the Wizards changing their strategy against him of look we're going to blitz him on pick and rolls and if he shoots a long two so be it we just don't want him getting downhill we don't want him getting any momentum Um, also Sadoransky did a really good job of staying out of foul trouble so he could give some fouls on a break, you know, and slow down Westbrook, give him the chop, especially when he was tired. He said he gave one foul because he was exhausted in the third quarter. Um, and that's also why we saw that strange group late where Beal was the point guard. It was Beal, Oubre, Porter, Mike Scott, and Markeith Morris while Sadoransky stayed on the bench. And that was Scott Brooks stealing some extra rest for Sadoransky uh, for later in the game. So, yeah, excellent game by him. Excellent floor game. Excellent stick to it 
stick-to-itiveness. Is that, is that the fake word? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a real word, but I was trying to get the fake word right. Um, and just hanging in there. It's kind of that Euro mentality. When we go see, when we see the NBA guys go play international competition and you see the kind of scrappiness and the choppiness and the, and the kind of really a kind of a soccer feel that gets translated into the basketball court, I think we saw a lot of that from Sadoransky tonight, um, hanging in there against, obviously, one of the nightmare covers in the league. Absolutely. Uh, and, and look, it is amazing. We've talked about this all season, but just how 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 things are changing in the world of free Sado to when to the point where John Wall gets gets hurt or or they you know they, he gets his injections in his knee right right after Thanksgiving. At that point, Sadoransky was not even in the rotation, and now here we are, you know, several weeks later. It's not only is he in the rotation; it's not even that he's just starting. He's the set. He's uh, one of the top five or six players on the team at this point. Let's just say at least top, uh, uh, top six. six. But right six, now, with yeah. John out, I'll say top six. And you know, I, I said before that, that that Frazier and Meeks wasn't a great game. Well, I just looked at the box score; they were combined zero for seven from the field. And the reality is, the Wizards only have four guards total. They're going to need. I think they're going to have to do something else there. So, so this, let's get into this. This is back to the John Wall thing. Obviously, um, I talked on yesterday's podcast with uh, our guy Adam Rubin about like what would it mean if Wall's out, and uh, you, you'll be shocked, Todd. Adam was very was not concerned because of the fact that Sadoransky was available. Uh, he, by the way, Adam just tweeted moments ago that uh, Sadoransky is the best. Uh, he said Thomas Sadoransky is the best position defender on the Wizards. Don't at me. Would you like to? Uh, no, you don't have to get into that. I, I added him that. I, I, I would disagree with that, um, but uh, he did a very good job. He did a very good job. He had a lot. Of, he had a lot of crowding help too, especially if you, you know, I think people are going to live with what Carmelo can give them at this point. They might be the guy that they leave, and also the Ferguson kid was basically a no-show tonight. So right. the, the, that also helped extremely. I mean, I know it's usually Robertson, but. But still, the Ferguson kid was totally ineffective. The, the Thunder are a very interesting team. I mean, when they played the last week, I was like, wow, that defense is really good. I can start to imagine them against OKC. Then in between, they lost uh, Roberson, who's their best defender, maybe the best wing defender in the league. Yeah. And it, it, it basically, they, they, when, when the both benches went head-to-head -head tonight, even on a night where the Wizards weren't making a lot of shots, the Wizards have the better bench than OKC. That sort of says a lot they, about no, they do for where, sure where OKC's at. So, so let's let's bring this back into the John Wall aspect of this all. If you assume by now, if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard the news. But John Wall's going to have another procedure on that troublesome left knee. He's going to be out approximately six to eight weeks. They haven't announced an official timeline yet, but that's what I was told and others as well. So. That's approximately 26 of their last 33 games. I'll have to deal with that, John Wall. My, my sense is, of uh, from talking to people around the league, is that two weeks ago, the Wizards weren't dying to trade their first-round pick or Oubre. At some point, you have to hold on to what you have and build towards something. They've traded away six of their last eight draft picks over the last four years, and only Oubre has played. So, But now you think, okay, well, John Wall's hurt. He's out six to eight weeks. You're, you're you're tied for fifth in the East right now. Milwaukee's though they've been hot. The Pistons, who are ninth, they just traded for Blake Griffin. Whatever you think of that, maybe that changes things for them. They still and, have Reggie Jackson, right? He's hurt, but oh well, yeah, that's it. But yeah, so you know, I mean, uh, you know, the, the Sixers have been pretty good of, of, of late. The, the, you know, the Pacers have been you know hanging in there longer than people thought. 
So who knows where the Wizards will be when Wall's out? Therefore, do you think they have to make a trade? My what what I was hearing today was that the Wizards are sort of sticking with the plan that they're going to hang firm, not look to mortgage the future, as it were, to bring somebody in. I, I would just say the qualifier for anything would be there's a good deal. You take it. If they get somebody who's not a rental, then I, I think that would be interesting as well. But to give up a first, uh, I, I just think you can't keep doing that. You can't. You, you at some point have to hold on to something, especially for nothing else than just they're up. A, you know, they have salary cap issues, as we all know. It's a cheap asset. It just makes sense to keep it. So we'll just start with that. So based on that, where are you on that? Are you in the that you, the, that makes sense? Don't don't mortgage your future, or are you in the hey you got to keep going here? The you, you walk. Who knows where you're going to be when Wall's back? Hypothetically, in two months. I'm I'm in the same place I was before this happened. Of you make another move to give Bradley Beal a little relief, or give one of the wing guys a little relief, or both. So I'm I'm still in that. Tyreek Evans level sort of mind. I'm certainly not in the trade one of your $22 million players and see what happens and reconfigure the whole thing while John is out state of mind. Um, I do think the East is still a very weird place. I mean, Kevin Love got hurt today. He's going to be out six to eight weeks, right? Broke his broken knuckle. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Cleveland was a hot mess anyway. It's amazing how I many, just in the last few days, the All Stars have gone down. Boogie right. Cousins, John Wall, Kevin Love. I mean, Robertson, not an All Star at all, but like so key to a team that was the hottest in the league. Right. Uh, this has been crazy, the, all, all that's kind of going down here. Yeah. So, I, there's still a ways to go. So, it's kind of a bolster what you have sort of thing for me because un- unless there's some magical way to really free up your summertime money um, while, while staying in a good spot in the East. But I just can't see that happening in the middle of the season. You know, you're not going to be able to move those long-term deals that are weighing you down and have backed you into this corner in the first place. Doesn't seem like you want to move Ubre, although you have to think about how are we going to pay him if we want to pay him in the not too distant future. And what does that mean for Porter? What does that mean for your, salary cap and what does that mean for you know where where you're going to be when that when that whole thing comes up how are you going to make that happen if you don't think you want to pay him you better start figuring it out very soon how you can make him you know a, a, the maximum asset if you're going to end up moving him if you do want to pay him and then you need to figure out how to make that happen but i don't think that's right now that's a summertime topic all right so then the question is Okay, so if they're not going to make a big move, if they're not going to trade a first or trade Uber, then what do you have left? And of course, that leads to basically squad douche. I mean, they they they, they technically have a second is round that, pick. Is that a is that a technical term, squad douche? There was a there was a is that in the dictionary? There, there was a oh, when nine early in the in, in the start of nine eighty, there was a uh, radio host. There was a show, Kylie and the Coach. This guy was a former bartender, Rich Gilgallon. I think he, he moved out to Palm Springs when it came to deal. Anyway, he used to say squad douche, and, and, and somehow that guy. Anyone listening head. who, please raise your hand if you know what in the hell Standing is talking about right now. Ah, come and on. I don't see anyone with their hands up. Kevin, Kevin Kylie, whose son is like a big wrestler in WWE now. Uh, anyway, so so therefore, what do you do? Okay, so, uh, so. You could go right now, this minute, go sign somebody to a 10-day contract if you think that you need another guard. 
and and from what I was told today, yes, the Wizards are looking to get a wing guard or some sort of perimeter player. They're cool with the point guard situation between Sadoransky and Frazier, and I think for the most part I wouldn't argue with that. Yes, you could make a case at Frazier when he's been with the second unit has typically it's not been good, mm-hmm. and Brooks can, again tonight went back to that lineup and it didn't work out in the second quarter. But that aside, I sort of understand why maybe you need you want to go there. But you do need to get another guard one way or the other. So you could go sign a ten day, but then they have an open roster spot. But if you do that and you go to make a trade, now you don't you have less flexibility. So right. I think they're going to hope that the plan is to wait it out until they get to the trade deadline. Now at that point, even if they don't make a trade, similar to last year when Brandon Jennings got bought out and other guys get bought out, who <laughs> uh, you can uh, you know you'll see where, what what's available. If, you know, some veterans will get bought out, and maybe you can bring somebody in. That I think is kind of where they're at, and, and what they're hoping for. Again, maybe maybe at the deadline, something works. Uh, you know, a lot of this also depends on how much money the Wizards are willing to take on. I mean, you could conceivably trade any of the back end guys and get a better player if you're willing to take on more money. Sure. So th- th- I don't think the Wizards are going to go that route, but maybe that's a concession to make with front office and ownership of, okay, we're going to keep the assets, but we're going to bite the bullet and spend more on the luxury tax. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be another way to potentially uh, go. So we'll have to see what the trade market um, unfolds. We already had the big Blake Griffin trade. Uh, Who knows what Cleveland's going to do now with Kevin Love out six to eight weeks. I bet the house they're going to do something. Did you see Blake Griffin's tweet in reaction to that? (laughs) The The, the Will Smith. Yeah, the Fresh Prince face. Boy, that's a tough one. If, I think that was everybody's face, right? To Detroit. I mean, not that he was moved necessarily, but to Detroit. Well, yeah, just a straight life. I situation. thought Detroit was gonna be like, yeah, all right, that's enough. We're this is not happening this year. We're we're done. And now they have, now they have Blake Griffin all of a sudden and Drummond. It's it's uh, okay. I don't know what's going on up there. Yeah, so so it's gonna be wild. I mean, we've got what what is it about eight days or so. Till we get to the, the, the February 8th deadline. So we'll see what the Wizards do in between. The good news is, at least for, for this game, well, now two in a row, they've gotten big wins. I don't know if I already said this, but starting tonight of their next 25 games, 20 are against teams currently in the playoffs. So, I mean, all those games, they screwed away, screwed up. All the we all we all know what I'm talking about. Harvest, all, harvest those nuts. Yes, there the, was no harvesting going into this game. I looked; they had the, the, only Atlanta had more losses against teams with a losing record than the Wizards. Now, part of it's because they played a lot of games, but also because we all know they botched so many of them. So there's no room for error. John Wall's out. Uh, not what you can say. Last thing we'll leave. This is uh, this deserves its own topic, but since you may not be here for the next time I do a podcast. That John Wall is got hurt again. His four-year, hundred seventy million dollar contract doesn't even start until next year. The, neither one of us are doctors. Neither one of us stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But what, if you are the Wizards, a fan, whatever, where's your level of concern that wow, the, here another procedure? He, you know he's missing all these games. He's not it has they haven't been able to get this right now. Level of concern on the is what. I think I would think it's significant because that contract, you talk about some contracts being untradeable. Do you have a speed first point guard who is worn down at 31 years old and he's on that season, he's going to get $48 million. Then you have trouble on your hands if he has bad knees. So, you know, the, obviously the hope is look, he, 
this has been nagging him, clean it up, refresh him, have him ready to go when, uh, you know, he'll get the last, theoretically, you should get a good 15, what, 15 games at the end of the season to kind of get right. If he's out two months, that means he will have missed 26 games. There'll be about seven left. So okay. basically only has like two weeks before the playoffs start. So he won't have a lot of time. I mean, that's just to come back to play. He's got to get back in the game shape right. and all that. So who knows exactly yeah. where he'll be at. I mean, I, I think that window will, will be all right, assuming he feels fine, um, especially since it's not like he's not familiar with the group. This isn't, a, you know, yeah, everything it, changed, and then he got hurt early in the season. Now he's got to come back. It's, it's a new, purely where he's the, at physically. Yeah, oh, it's plug but, and play with the, with the group he'll be with. And before I forget... We talked to Otto Porter after the game. He was asked about his hip, if he's close to 100%. He's, like, not even close. Yeah. Whatever he said. And he had a very good game. Yeah, tonight. we didn't even get to him. He led the way with 25 points, his most since uh, that that Houston win on December 27th. So, very good game from him. But, you know, to the point of all these people bitching about Otto Porter all the time, I'm like, clearly he's not he's not healthy. That was obvious, unlike with Wall, was a little more subtle. I mean, we kind of could see it at the end, but Otto had already missed time, so... He's gutting it out, and that's why they're going to have to do something. You can't mm-hmm. keep – I mean, he only played 34 minutes tonight. I say only. Uh, but you can't – you know, between Otto and Beal, you kind of probably want to have at least one of them on the court at all times. That's going to be really hard and keep their minutes in check. So they're going to have to do something. Um, there's a lot going on, Todd. There's a lot going on here tonight. Yeah, it has you frazzled. There was, there was a – Is frazzled a word? Yes. Frazzled is a word? Yes, correct. Um, we got the state of the union. We got the state of the local football team. And then we have this game tonight. So a lot, a lot of things, a lot of things going on in uh, your world in particular. So we will see. All right, let's end it there. Thank you guys as always for checking out the podcast. Um, uh, I guess we could tease something here. We could say there's gonna be a, there's gonna be some kind of an announcement here at the end of the week that you guys will want to know about, right? Is that fair? I think so. Yeah, that's fair. We'll, we'll just there'll leave. be there'll be I think a couple announcements coming up. Couple announcements, but one certainly relating to this scenario here yeah. that you guys will want to hear. But I'll just tease that for now. All right, enough about that. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Uh, wild win here for the Wizards, but a win nonetheless. Until next time. <laughs>